Good evening. I hope you've had a wonderful day today. Welcome to BVJ's Bedtime Stories. My name is Big Voice J, and this is a show where we get you ready for a great night's sleep with some old familiar stories that you haven't heard in a while. Links to every story can be found in the show notes at our website, bedtimewithbvj.com. Tonight we continue our story, Modern Cinderella by Louisa May Alcott. There will always be one countenance more beautiful to me than any pictured face I may discover. There will be one place more dear to me than Rome. The face will be yours, always so patient, always so serene, and the dearer place will be this home of ours, which you have made so pleasant to me all these years by kindness as numberless and noiseless as the drops of dew. Dear girls, what have I ever done that you should love me so, cried Nan, with happy wonderment, as the tall heads, black and golden, bent to meet the lowly brown one, and her sister's mute lips answered her. Then Laura looked up, saying playfully, Here are the good and wicked sisters. Where shall we find the prince? There, cried Di, pointing to John, and then her secret went off like a rocket, for, with old impetuosity, she said, I have found you out, John, and am ashamed to look you in the face remembering the past. Girls, you know, when Father... John sent us money, which he said Mr. Owen had long owed us and had paid at last. It was a kind lie, John, and a generous thing to do, for we needed it, but never would have taken it as a gift. I know you meant that we should never find this out, but yesterday I met Mr. Owen returning from the West, and when I thanked him for a piece of justice we had not expected of him, he gruffly told me he had never paid the debt, never meant to pay it, for it was outlawed and we could not claim a far thing. John, I have laughed at you, thought you stupid, treated you unkindly, but I know you and never shall forget the lesson you have taught me. I am proud as Lucifer, but I ask you to forgive me, and I seal my real repentance so and so. With tragic countenance, Di rushed across the room, threw both arms about the astonished young man's neck, and dropped an energetic kiss upon his cheek. There was a momentary silence, for Di finally illustrated her strong-minded theories by crying like the weakest of her sex. Laura, with the ruling passion strong in death, still tried to draw, but broke her pet crayon and endowed her kitey with a supplementary orb, owing to the dimness of her own. And Nan sat with drooping eyes that shone upon her work, thinking with tender pride. They know him now and love him for his generous heart. Di spoke first, rallying to her colors, though a little daunted by her loss of self-control. Don't laugh, John. I couldn't help it. And don't think I'm not sincere, for I am. I am. And I will prove it by growing good enough to be your friend. That debt must all be paid, and I shall do it, for I'll turn my books and pen to some account and write stories full of clear old souls like you and Nan and someone I know will like and buy them, though they're not works of Shakespeare. I've thought of this before, have felt I had the power in me. Now I have the motive. Now I'll do it. If Di had proposed to translate the Quran or build a new St. Paul's, there would have been many chances of success, for 
Once moved, her will, like a battering ram, would knock down the obstacles her wits could not surmount. John believed in her most heartily and showed it, as he answered, looking into her resolute face, I know you will, and yet make us very proud of our chaos die. Let the money lie, and when you have a fortune, I'll claim it with enormous interest. But believe me, I already feel doubly repaid by the esteem so generously confessed, so cordially bestowed, and can only say as we used to years ago. Now let's forgive and so forget. But proud die would not let him add to her obligation, even by returning her impetuous salute. She slipped away, and shaking off the last drops, answered with a curious mixture of old freedom and new respect. No more sentiment, please, John. We know each other now, and when I find a friend, I never let him go. We have smoked the pipe of peace, so let us go back to our wigwams and bury the feud. Where were we when I lost, and what were we talking about? Cinderella and the prince. As she spoke, John's eye kindled, and turning, he looked down at Nan, who sat diligently ornamenting with microscopic stitches, a great patch going on, the wrong side out. Yes, so we were. And now taking Pussy for the Godmother, the characters of the story are well personated. All but the slipper, said Di laughing, as she thought of the many times they had played it together years ago. A sudden movement stirred John's frame, a sudden purpose shone in his countenance, and a sudden change befell his voice, as he said, producing from some hiding place, a little worn-out shoe. I can supply the slipper. Who will try it first? Guy's black eyes opened wide as they fell on the familiar object. Then her romance-loving nature saw the whole plot of that drama, which needs but two to act it. A great delight flushed up into her face as she promptly took her cue, saying, No need for us to try it, Laura, for it wouldn't fit us. If our feet were as small as baby dolls, our parts are played out. Therefore, exuned wicked sisters to the music of the wedding bells. And pouncing upon the dismayed artist, she swept her out and closed the door with a triumphant bang. John went to Nan, and dropping on his knee as reverently as the herald of the fairy tale, he asked, still smiling, but with lips grown tremulous, Will Cinderella try the little shoe, and if it fits, go with the prince? But Nan only covered up her face, weeping happy tears while all the weary work strayed down upon the floor, as if it knew her holiday had come. John drew the hidden face still closer, and while she listened to his eager words, Nan heard the beating of the strong man's heart and knew it spoke the truth. Nan, I promised Mother to be silent till I was sure I loved you wholly, sure that the knowledge would give no pain when I should tell it, as I am trying to tell it now. This little shoe has been my comforter through this long year, and I have kept it as other lovers keep their fairer favors. It has been a talisman more eloquent to me than flower or ring, for when I saw how worn it was, I always thought of the willing feet that came and went for others' comfort all day long. And when I saw the little bow you tied, I always thought of the hand so diligent in serving anyone who knew a want or felt a pain. And when I recalled the gentle creature who had worn it last, I always saw her patient, tender, and devout, and tried to grow more worthy of her, that I might one day dare to ask if she would walk beside me all my life and be my angel in the house. Will you, dear? Believe me, you shall never know a weariness or grief I have the power to shield you from. 
Then Nan, as simple in her love as in her life, laid her arms about his neck, her happy face against his own, and answered softly, Oh, John, I never can be sad, tired, anymore. This, friends, is what true love will do to you, and what it will do for you. It hardens even the softest heart, and makes it grow fonder, pining away for the love that might be if patience is in the driver's seat. And when you found that true love, get that love some flowers from 1-800-Flowers.com. Beautiful flowers that said the message across just when the time is right. Enter BVJ in the promo code and it will do absolutely nothing for this is not a sponsored read. I want to tell you that we are always looking out for new stories to read. You can email them to me, bigvoicejay at gmail.com. Remember to leave a review on iTunes. It helps to spread the word that this little show is putting people to sleep. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>